Yes, 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 beautiful family. Listen, I hope you're prepared. I hope you are prepared for tonight's message. First of all, Mrs. Flowers, though, did y'all hear her on Sunday night? She must transition. You're in transition. It was so hard for me in the background not to be back there shouting like, come on, woman of God, preach, preach. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Thursday night. I believe tonight's message is going to be just spiritually nutritious for your soul. And I can't wait to share it with you. Everybody drop in the room where you're from. If this is your first time, if you're now joining us for part eight of this heart rehab series, let us know where you are from and how this series is blessing your life. So let's get to work. Usually I have some lit when it comes to our foundational text, but on tonight, I just have one verse. One verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John is saying, listen, don't believe every spirit, but rather test every spirit. Don't believe every spirit, but rather test every spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody under the sound of my voice on tonight, there is a way, there is a way, and one of the ways that you and I can avoid wasting time. Because like I stated before, I can't speak for anybody else, but I personally have arrived to this place where wasting time is a form of disrespect. It is a form of disrespect. Matter of fact, if somebody comes in your life just to play games, that is just disrespectful. Can I get somebody put in the room disrespectful? If they come in your life to play games, that's disrespectful. If they come in your life just to drag you along, but they have no intention and no destination, it is just disrespectful. And for me to stay in a place that is not conducive or an assistant for my evolution or my heart rehabilitation, that's self-disrespect. And one of the worst forms of disrespect is self-disrespect. One of the ways, one of the ways that you and I can avoid wasting time. One of the ways, one of the ways you and I can avoid staying in seasons longer than we have to, and one of the ways you and I can avoid falling for someone who has no intentions of catching you, my God, one of the ways we can do all of those things is by possessing the spiritual superpower of discernment discernment because discernment is the ability to see beyond presentation did y'all hear what i just said discernment is the ability to see beyond presentation peradventure this is the reason why this heart rehab series is hitting so hard because it has revealed and has exposed a lot of us to the reality that i have not been taught are trained on how to strengthen that spiritual muscle of discernment and how to identify false spirits. And when I do not have the ability to discern, and when I cannot and do not know how to test spirits, I risk falling in love with wolves. I risk falling in love with wolves. I risk following false prophets. And I risk 
thinking I have something that's real, but it's really a real counterfeit. The joint, why are we talking like this just in the introduction? <laughs> I risk falling in love with the wolf, and I risk following false prophets, and I risk thinking that I have something that's real, but it's a real counterfeit. And one of the things that this pandemic has exposed is there are levels of counterfeits. One type of counterfeit is a shadow counterfeit. <laughs> you know what a shadow counterfeit is? This is an individual who's only around when the light is on you. Shadow counterfeit. They're only around when the light of blessing is on you. They're only around when the light of promotion is on you. But as soon as you hit a dark place, I don't see him no more. Shadow counterfeits. Jesus said, listen, be careful because I am sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. But by their fruit, you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognize them. And the reason we're doing this series is because I want us to be able to discern rotten fruit. I want you to be able to discern rotten fruit without taking a bite. <laughs> because a lot of us, the only way you have been able to identify that something is rotten is after you tasted it. I need God to give me discernment so I can recognize this is rotten before I say I do. I can recognize this is rotten before I sign the contract. I can recognize that this is rotten before I post pictures of us on Instagram and before I post pictures of us on Facebook. Why y'all looking at me like that? I need to know that this is rotten before I tell everybody about the promotion because every open door isn't God. I feel like that just hit somebody all in the throat. Every open door isn't God. And God, I need you to give me discernment. This is the spiritual superpower to be able to perform MRI on things. I need to know if this is you who opened this door or if this is just a trap playing dress up. I need discernment. Please hear me. Every open door is not God. This is something that God personally revealed to me in my prayer time. He said, Jerry, many doors are about to open before you, and many of them won't be me. I need you to stay so close to me where you won't confuse open door as my doing. Some open doors are really a trap playing dress up because hell sends pain in the form of open doors. Hell sends life wreckers in preference form. It's your preference. Counterfeits and God sense many times come in the same season, but the reason we keep picking the counterfeit instead of the God sent is because the counterfeit is our preference. Hell sends pain and hell sends addictions with thought patterns of, I'm only going to do this one time. I'm only going to do it once. I'm only going to do it once. This is why I believe the text tells us in all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge me. God is saying, listen, I need you to have a prayer life so that I can be able so that I can expose you to the fact that this was not sent for me. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Pray because prayer exposes hooks. Can I get everybody to put that in the room? Prayer exposes Hooks. He might be fine, but there's a hook in it. Prayer exposes hooks. Prayer exposes bay 
from bait. Did y'all catch that? Prayer exposes bay from baits. Prayer exposes hooks. She might be fine, but there's a hook in it. It might be a great offer, but there's a hook in it. It might offer you more money, but there's a hook in it. It might seem like a great opportunity, but there's a hook in it. It might grow your platform, but there is a hook in it. This is why being anxious is so dangerous. This is why being anxious is so dangerous. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing because listen, when the enemy fishes, he doesn't believe in catch and release. <laughs> when the enemy's fishing, he doesn't believe in catch and release. He believes in catch, hook, and fillet. Oh, we may. He believes in catch, hook, and fillet. John is saying, don't believe every spirit. Don't, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit. And this is why so many of us need heart rehab. Because I don't know how to test spirits. Therefore, I experienced the pain of a wolf. I experienced the pain of false prophets. I had so many counterfeits that left me broken. I have had counterfeit after counterfeit that left me broken. And somebody's watching this message on tonight, and you're like, you know what, Jay? I don't need to test nothing. I'm done. Hmm. I'm done. I don't even have to worry about another counterfeit because I'm done. I'm so done. I'm done with men. I'm done with women. I'm done with marriage. I'm done with the church. I'm done with religion. I'm done with my family. Because like you stated before, like you stated before, that statement that millennials, baby boomers, and Generation Z also has heard, that statement of what goes on in this house stays in this house. You are right. All that has done is incubate dysfunction because I guess they haven't realized that family secrets don't keep you safe. They keep you sick. They, they don't keep you safe. They keep you sick. And so when we fear of feeling that pain again, we start running. So whenever something gets hard, you run. When your marriage got difficult, you ran. When you face a giant, you run. When there's adversity, you run. When there's opposition, you run. But many times, the only reason that Goliath exists is because it's promotion in disguise. And if you keep running from all of your fights, you won't even discover that you're a giant slayer. You run, you run. When it's hard, you run. When you're scared, you run. But here's the thing. When you run without healing, you end up running while bleeding. And when you run while bleeding, you are leaving breadcrumbs for wolves. This is powerful. When you hop in the relational waters without healing, when you hop in the relational waters while bleeding, you attract sharks. There are predators designed to prey on the injured. And this is why God is saying you need heart rehab because I want to heal what hurt. I want to heal the very things in your life that has been difficult. And I hear you. You're like, Jay, I'm done. I'm done. But I have good news and I have some bad news. Which one y'all want first? The good news or the bad news? I'm going to just give you the good news. The good news is, regardless if you're done or not, God is not done with you. Just because you're done doesn't mean God is done with you. 
It doesn't even matter what you've done. Please hear me. No matter what you have done, you cannot make God love you more than he already loves you. Yes, you might be done, but God is not done with you. Because as long as you have a pulse, God still has a plan. As long as you have a pulse, God still has a plan. He tells us this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I feel like encouraging somebody right now. I feel the need to encourage somebody right in the introduction of this message. I know it was messed up, but God still has a plan. I know that we haven't made the wisest choices, but God still has a plan. I know that our parents did us wrong, but God still has a plan. Even after divorce, God still has a plan. Battling with depression, God still has a plan. Warring with the struggle of pornography, God still has a plan. As long as you have a pulse, God has a plan. But what we have to do is get to a place where we end up tearing the script. <laughs> tearing the script because trauma wants us to be a cast member. Did y'all hear me? Trauma wants us to be a cast member in the cinematography film of beating yourself up. Yeah, yeah, trauma wants us to be a cast member in its cinematography film of beating us, of beating ourselves up of guilt and shame. And so it hands you these lines for you to learn. But I'm feeling right now on tonight, I have a tear up the script anointing. Tear up the script anointing. I refuse to be a cast member in your film. I'm tearing up the script. I refuse to follow those lines of social acceptance. I'm tearing up the script. I refuse to follow those lines. That's mama's wounds, not the word of God over my life. I'm tearing up the script. I'm tearing up the script. I'm tearing up the script. That is not my cast. That is not my line. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, and I refuse to learn the lines of your script. I refuse to learn the lines of your script. God said, listen, I have plans for you. I have plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. But what we have to understand is sometimes when we're so used to toxicity, peace feels awkward. When you're so used to toxicity, peace feels awkward. Allow your soul to learn to develop taste buds for health. Did y'all hear me? It is possible for you to be in toxicity so long that when peace arrives, it feels awkward. Be gracious with yourself and allow your soul time to, to develop taste buds for health. God has a plan for you, and he has a plan for me. As long as you have a pulse, God has a plan. That's the good news. <laughs> That's the good news. The bad news is hell has a plan too. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The good news, God has a plan. The bad news, hell has a plan. Listen, y'all, we can't defeat a devil that we enjoy playing with. We, we, we can't defeat a devil that we enjoy the orgasms that they give us. Yes, I just said that. We, we, we can't defeat a devil that we enjoy playing with. I, I can't be God's example and the enemy's sample at the same time. Hell 
has a plan just like God has a plan. And the reason we need heart rehab is because for many of us, God is trying to turn the page, but hell is trying to bookmark the page. God is trying to say that was just a page. There are more chapters. God is trying to get us to turn the page, but hell wants to bookmark that page. And since heaven has a plan for me and hell has a plan for me, I must have discernment where I could tell what has been sent by heaven and what has been sent by hell. Because a discernment deficiency will have you loyal with the counterfeit. Did you hear me? Discernment, a discernment deficiency will have you loyal with the counterfeit. But a discerning heart will give you the ability to see beyond presentation. So God, would you meet us right here where we are? Would you meet us in this place, oh God, because we are begging you, oh God, to give us discernment. Increase our hunger to spend time with you, God, so we won't be deceived. Just like we're reading in our foundational text, we have to know not to believe every spirit, but to test spirits. It's the likelihood, oh God, that I'll be deceived by wolves, false prophets, and counterfeits. If I'm not close with you, heighten our discernment and use me right now, oh God, as your PA system, the PA system, the soundtrack of heaven in Jesus name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop in the room? Amen. Amen. I know last week, some people were like that was just the intro, though. <laughs> that, that was just the intro. <laughs> as long as you have a pulse, God has a plan. That's the good news. The bad news is hell has a plan, too. It's confession time. Everybody put this in the room. God, give me discernment so I won't waste time on what you didn't send. One more time. God, give me discernment so I won't waste time on what you didn't send. <laughs> Don't call me no more. Not anymore, no more. This is what my wife told me back in June of 2011 as I was pursuing her. We just met three weeks ago. I'm feeling her, she's feeling me. I'm praying about her. I don't really know if she's praying about me yet. And so one day we're having this conversation. We're on the phone, we caking, we Sarah Lee and we on the phone, we just caking and she just hits me with, uh, Jerry, don't call me no more. I'm like, um, uh, did I do something? Did I say something? Uh, please let me know. If I offended you, I'm sorry. Because I don't know if y'all saw my wife. She's fine. I'm like, what did I do? If I did something, I apologize. She said, no, don't, don't call me anymore. Because I don't know who sent you. True story, y'all. I'm not hyping this up. No gas. She says, I don't know who sent you. I said, what do you mean? She said, I don't know if God sent you. Or the devil sent you. On the other line, I'm blown away. I've never met a woman say, listen, don't call me no more because I don't know who sent you. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. I'm like, um, well, <laughs> I don't really know what this means. She says, listen, I need about three to five days for me to pray, for me to fast, for me to talk to my pastor, and for me to just seek God, to see if all these feelings I'm feeling, if God gave me these feelings, if he really sent you or if the enemy sent you. I don't know who sent you. I don't know if God sent you or the devil sent you. And I'm like, Tanisha, girl, 
I promise you, like, I'm not the devil. And she's like, well, the devil would say that. <laughs> True story. The devil would say that. And we get off the phone. When we hang up, I'm like, that's my wife. That is my wife. I've never met a woman who's like, I need to see. See, listen to this. She was like, look, I got to check my feelings because just because I catch feelings doesn't mean I catch something healthy. How about arrive to this place? I need to see if God formed this before feelings form. Ooh wee. Even though you're feeling them, how about pray, God, I'm feeling something. I'm feeling some type of way about this person. I'm feeling some type of way about this offer. I'm feeling some type of way about this opportunity. And I don't know if this is you. If it's not you, check my feelings. She said, don't call me anymore. Watch this. She was intentional with getting me out of her ear. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Spiritual decay happens one compromise at a time and one deception at a time. I need to recognize who sent you. So the first thing she did, she helped me formulate the sermon. She didn't even recognize it. She helped me formulate the sermon. She said, okay, don't call me anymore. She removed me from her ear. Don't miss this because all of us are a byproduct of who is in your ear. This is why who you listen to online, your podcast, your sermons, they matter because all of us are a byproduct of the level of teaching that we sit under. She says, I, I need you to get out of my ear. And many of us haven't recognized it. There is a battle going on in the spirit realm. There is this battle and it's not just over, over your heart. It's not just over your mind. It's a battle over that too. But there is a battle in the spirit realm over your ear. Jesus corroborates my claim by saying in John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And one of the constant benedictory statements that Jesus would always say at the end of his sermons was whoever has ears. Y'all talk to me. Whoever has ears, let them hear. He's saying Listen, I'm speaking, and whoever has ears, let them hear. Therefore, if the connection between the sheep and the shepherd is our ability to hear, if the connection between the sheep and the shepherd is our ear, then the warfare strategy of hell, the military science of hell is going to be to flood your life with voices. Please listen, I'm trying to help somebody. If the connection between the sheep and the shepherd is our ear, our ability to hear the shepherd, then the warfare strategy of hell is going to be to flood our life with voices. I want there to be a tsunami flood of voices. Voices of distractions, voices of false prophets, voices of social media, voices of discouragement, voices of worry. I want to flood your life with voices because I want to interrupt your ability to hear. Listen, your ability to hear affects your anointing. Did you hear me? Your ability to hear affects your anointing. Many of us have heard people say things like, oh, they got some oil. Oh, they oily. They oily. Let, let's break that down. How they would anoint kings is they would get a king and they would pour some oil on the king. But that practice came from farmers. Farmers would have sheep and ticks and fleas would burrow their way into the sheep's ear and kill it. 
what shepherds would do is they would get the sheep and they would pour oil on the sheep's head and the oil will begin to flow and cover up the sheep's ear so that when the ticks and the fleas try to climb up, it can't because the sheep are too slippery. This is the beauty of being oily because when you're oily, you become slippery. This practice came to protect the sheep's ear. Are you hearing me? Please hear me. He's not just after your stuff. He's after your ear and your mind. Because he knows if I can get your ear and your mind, you'll mess your own stuff up. <laughs> you'll mess up your own career. You'll mess up your own relationships. You'll mess up your own opportunities. You'll mess up your own, you'll mess up your own marriage. You can have an absolutely awesome man. You can have an absolutely awesome woman. But if he can get your ear and he can get your mind, you'll be so fragile. You will be so emotional and you will be so sensitive that you can't even be a partner because you're currently a project. <laughs> There's a war in the spirit realm over your ear because he knows if I can get your ear and your mind, it will manifest into your mouth. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I can get your ear and if I can get your mind, it will manifest into your mouth. And one person may be like, okay, Jerry, I was following you. But what do you mean if, if he gets my, my ear and my mind, they don't manifest into my mouth? I'm glad you asked. Do y'all remember the story of Job? The angels came before the Lord and Satan came with them. And God asked the devil, where have you come from? And he said, I've come from Roman through and out the earth. And I hope God never does this to me. He said, uh, have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him. And Satan says, does Job fear you for nothing? You placed a hedge of protection around him and all he has. Pause. Pause. I need to pause. Pause. Okay. Angels come up. The devil comes up too. He says, where have you been? I've been roaming throughout the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? Uh, there's nobody like him. A man who does right and fears evil. Does Job fear you for nothing? For you have placed a hedge of protection around him and all he has. The text in Job, you can read it yourself. Job chapter 1, it never says God placed a hedge of protection around Job. So here's the question on the floor. How did Satan know that Job, I feel myself getting happy. How did Satan know that Job had a hedge of protection around him and all he has unless he tried it? Right now, I think we need to do a virtual praise break because some of us, I know you can give God praise for what you know about, but can you give God praise over the stuff you don't even know about? There has been a hedge over your house that you don't even know about. There has been a hedge over your children that you don't even know about. There has been a hedge over your business that you don't even know about. There has been a hedge over your destiny that you don't even know about. Can we pause right now? Running man emoji, raise hand emoji, fire emoji, put it in the room because I'm thankful for the hedge. The hedge is that supernatural protection that God has over my life and your life and you don't even know about it. <laughs> While you're complaining about traffic, you don't even know that was due to a hedge. Because if you would have been up just two more minutes, if you would have been up just two more miles, that car accident would have been you. While you complain about why are all these cop cars here, you don't even recognize there's a hedge that a bullet was coming that way. And if you would have been on time, that bullet would have collided with you. There's a hedge 
a protection. That's not even my point. <laughs> That's not even my point. He says, does Job fear you for nothing? He uh, has a hedge of protection around everything he has. But it allowed me to afflict him and remove that hedge and he'll curse you to your face. And God gives the enemy permission to go afflict Job. And after Job is afflicted, he's losing his children, losing possessions, losing things. His wife comes to him and says, are you going to be faithful to God? Curse God and die. Hmm. I want to know. How in the world did Job's wife know to say the exact same line that Satan said to God that Job would say if he was afflicted? It is evidence that some way and somehow the enemy got in her ear, which got in her head, which manifests out of her mouth. Because if the enemy can get your ear and get your mind, then it'll manifest out of your mouth. I'll give you more Bible. Some of us don't even recognize that sin came into the world due to who was in a person's ear and the husband didn't stop it. See, a lot of us are always quick to blame people. Well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what happened. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they treated me. Well, Eve couldn't blame, she couldn't blame the music of the day. She couldn't blame the fact that she came from a broken family. She couldn't blame nobody. All of this happened because of a snake in her ear and a husband who did not stop his woman from talking to snakes. And how do you know when you're talking to a snake? It's when poison is spewing out of their mouth. Gossip poison, bad mouthing poison. Can you identify a snake that is in your ear? The warfare is over your ear. Y'all gonna make me clap my hands and act ratchet. Is there anybody? Who's arrived to this place? I know I am. I'm in this particular season where I have to have quality in my corner. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Can somebody put in the room, you're not the only one. Am I the only one? I've arrived to this place where God, I need quality in my corner. Due to my destiny, due to my assignment, due to the people that you have entrusted me to serve, I need quality in my corner. I never recognize the value of the ear until I start boxing. Pre-COVID, you know, when the world, I don't think I'll ever be in a place again where your coach can stick his hand in your mouth and take out a mouthpiece. <laughs> Somebody sweat and blood flying on you. I don't think we'll do that for a while. But anyway, pre-COVID, when I was boxing, I recognized that the outcome of the fight is not just tied to how hard you train. It's not just tied to your diet. It's also tied to who's in your corner. After a bad round, if I go in the corner, and I start talking defeated, and my cornerman starts talking defeated too, I'm going to be discouraged. If I go in the corner and I don't have a good cut man, what is that? That's somebody who knows how to treat your injuries. If I don't have a safe place to bleed, that's a whole nother sermon. If I don't have a safe place to bleed, if I don't have a cut man that can identify something hurt me, I will now give my opponent a target to hit. When a cutman doesn't know how to stitch my eye up well, when a cutman doesn't know how to treat a bloody nose well, I give my adversary a target. I need to have people in my life who don't give the enemy a target, but give the enemy problems. Because when I went back in the corner and I was like, man, that was a hard round. He said, flowers be quiet. He said, never confuse a hard round as the whole fight. 
Never confuse a hard round as the whole fight. And my wife articulated so powerfully on Sunday. She said, never confuse bad weather as a bad season. In fact, the weather being violent is irrefutable evidence that the seasons are changing. Right now, we are getting more thunderstorms. Right now, we are getting more wind. Right now, we are getting more rain. Why? Because we are transitioning from winter to spring. Many of us don't even recognize you're right here in this transition place. And I got to recognize I need health in my corner. I need somebody in my ear who will be conducive for my heart rehabilitation. Counterfeits don't just come for your ear. Counterfeits also come wearing masks. Okay? So, so I believe the enemy has three type of counterfeits that I want to present to you. He has, number one, the counterfeit of your preference. Number two, the counterfeit of cured loneliness. Number three, the counterfeit of a shortcut. So a lot of us, we get tripped up because the enemy keeps sending us counterfeits in our preferences. Yeah. And you can't even see that this isn't God because this is your preference. He's so fine. She's so fine. He looks so good. As funny as this looks, you don't even recognize that behind this, behind this is pain. But he comes wearing the mask of your preference. Listen, listen. God traffics in your purpose. The enemy traffics in your preference. Did y'all hear me? God traffics in your purpose. The enemy traffics in your preference. Hell will send you pain gift wrapped as your preference. Maybe the reason you think God is silent is because he's not speaking what you prefer. First mask is the mask of your preference. This is going to get you in trouble. The second mask the enemy uses, he uses, struggling, getting this on my head. He uses the mask of cured loneliness. I'm going to take away all your loneliness. I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to make you smile. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you orgasms. Oops. I'm going to make you laugh. We're going to look good on the gram together. He comes wearing the mask of cured loneliness. And this is why I've been trying to preach this. The cure for loneliness is not company. It's calling. And so what hell does is he sends us counterfeits in the form of cured loneliness. Maybe they will take my loneliness away. Maybe she will take my loneliness away. Maybe this high will take my loneliness away. It's a mask. Of the counterfeit, I think I put it on better this time. Yeah. This is the mask of a shortcut. But here's the problem. God doesn't take shortcuts. He likes taking the scenic route. And when we constantly are looking for a shortcut, when we're constantly looking for an easy way out, we'll end up 
doing something that actually makes it take longer for us to get to our destination if we were to just trust God's route of the wilderness. But nobody wants to go through the wilderness, but the wilderness is to heighten your discernment so that I can identify that shortcuts don't come from God. I can identify that this is not going to cure my loneliness. Only my calling could do that. And I can identify that just because this is my preference doesn't mean it's my purpose. The mask of counterfeits. Please hear me, y'all. We have to get to a place where we stop comparing your beginning to somebody else's middle. The beauty of discernment is discernment corrects attraction. I could see someone who's attractive, but I'm not attracted because I know my assignment. I'm not attracted to that. I have discernment that that is not healthy. I was talking to one of my sisters who's a manager at a bank, and she showed me something so powerful. She says, when, when we go to the bank, we're first trained how to identify real. They don't teach us how to identify counterfeit money. They teach us how to identify real money. I said, wow, wh why don't they teach you how to identify counterfeits? She said, because the counterfeits keep on changing. The counterfeits keep on changing. Every week they got something new. They're getting good on this one. They're getting good on the $100 bill. So they train us to identify real. I said, okay, how, how do you identify real? She said, the first thing we have to do, y'all may have seen it, we have to hold it up to the light. That's a word, y'all. The only way I could identify if this is real, I have to shine some light on it. Because if I shine light on it, there's a mark that I'm looking for. There's a mark that I'm looking for that can identify to me if this is a counterfeit or if this is real. I'm not really worried about the counterfeits because that keeps happening all the time. Counterfeits change all the time. One season there's this type of counterfeit. The next season there's another type of counterfeit. We're looking for this mark. There is this mark. There's this watermark that lets us know if this is real or not. And I want somebody to be able to recognize on tonight the way that you you can identify counterfeits is I have to have the light shine on it. The light has to shine on it because many times I cannot see. I cannot see that this is not God's will because I'm only looking at it through my preference lens. But if you allow God to shine on it where you don't see you anymore, you don't see your will anymore, you don't see your desire anymore, but I only want to be the light of the world. I only want to be the salt of the earth. I won't be tricked by counterfeits. They don't train us to look for counterfeits. They train us to look for watermarks. So I'm gonna give you five points and I'm done. How do you know when it's God? Number one, when it's God, it will never take you from himself. God is never going to send you something that takes you further from him. And I just believe my God and your God are so awesome that he is never gonna make you wait to just send you trash. When it's God, it will never take you from himself. Number two, when it's God, it will always align with scripture. So you coming up and telling somebody, God told me that's my husband, but he's married. That's not an alliance with God's word. That is a counterfeit word because it's something that you really want and you have deceived yourself into thinking that was God. God is never going to give you a word that contradicts his word. It will align with scripture. When it's God, number three, it convicts. Conviction promotes change. 
This is why it's dangerous to sit under a leader who only gives you sugar-coated messages. Number one, you're not called to be sugar, you're called to be salt. And never address shade that is thrown from a tree with no fruit. When it's God, it convicts. And there's a problem if correction offends you, but sin doesn't. When it's God, it will have repetitive confirmations. When are you gonna write that book? When are you gonna start that podcast? When are you gonna stop living with him? When are you gonna stop living with her? When, when are you gonna marry them? When are y'all gonna get some counseling? When are you gonna get therapy? When are you gonna publish that? When are you gonna start that ministry? Repetitive confirmations. Number five, when it's God, it will always promote spiritual maturity. It is not God's will that we remain immature, but it is the will of the Father that we are mature. He wants us to transition from milk to meat. And the way God will help us to identify counterfeits is when we allow him to shine a light on it. So God, would you shine a light in all the areas of our life that are gray? Help us, God, to not hide in secret, but God, expose those things that have not been sent by you. And we pray that you will give us discernment to such a degree where we recognize your voice because you said in your word, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Help us to have the ear of a sheep as we trust you as our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.